You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. It is a great morning. There's no morning like Easter morning. I, uh, I love Christmas Eve. And I still uh, get a kick out of Christmas morning. But there's no morning. There's no morning like Easter morning. Where would we be without Easter? Where would we be without the hope of resurrection. So this morning, it is my honor, it is my privilege to share the good news with you that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And I invite you, if you're able, to stand with me for the reading of the gospel. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the simple linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. You may have a seat. I don't know where you are in your own personal faith and in your relationship with Christ this morning, but I know in a room like this, there's all kinds of different ways in which people are finding themselves in terms of faith. And oftentimes, there's a progression in faith. So there's uh, certainly the sense of, of nonsense. There's a sense in which some of us in this room, perhaps it is you, who feel like this whole resurrection talk is nonsense. 
I mean, Easter's nice. It's a great time to be a family. And yet, when it comes to really believing that Jesus is raised from the dead or there's a resurrection, it's nonsense. The Greek word, the, the men believed it was nonsense, really means that when the women told them that Jesus was raised from the dead, it seemed like disconnected talk of delirious people. Men, you don't have to answer this question, but do you ever feel that way when your woman is talking to you? The babbling of a fevered, insane mind. And sometimes I feel like that is um, the way some Christians carry on and get into people's faces about this resurrection talk. I just want to validate that someone that struggles with this, that this is nonsense to you, you're in a lot of company. I'm still glad you're here. There's others of us who are wondering about this. We've been wondering about it for a long time. Maybe we had faith at one time, maybe we don't have faith today, but we wonder if it's true. We wonder if it's real. We wonder if God is real. It's not unusual for adolescents and various times in our life, stuff that we used to take for granted, we no longer really believe or we wonder, or maybe we're at the cusp of coming to faith. And there's those of us who are witnessing to our faith. There's those of us who, who believe strongly, as the women did once they encountered the angels. Wherever you are this morning, I'm, I'm glad you're here. As we talk about this, let's go back to the story of the gospel. The women arrive at the tomb, and they don't believe that they're going to find a living Christ. They'd been there two days before from a distance watching them lay the body of the dead Jesus in the grave. They stayed away because of the Sabbath, but they come back on that Sunday morning. And as they come to the tomb carrying their spices to anoint the dead body of Jesus, they encounter two angels and they're, they're stricken with fear. And this fear comes over them. They have a mindset, just like the disciples had a mindset, maybe just the way you have a mindset, that it's really hard to believe that Jesus is alive, that Jesus would come alive. I think sometimes we are predispositioned not to believe in the supernatural, not to believe in the reality of the living Jesus, or not to believe that we really can have this personal ongoing relationship with Him because we have a predisposition not to believe. We, we've, we've been disappointed in life. And as we grow older, we create mindsets that protect us from future disappointment or hurt or heartbreakingness. This is the attitude in the spirit that the women, as well as the men, are feeling on that first day as the women bring the spices. But there's two questions 
great questions that the angels ask the women that begin to help this mindset to take a second look. And the first question is, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? I think God has a way of, of wrestling and asking questions that make us stop and think. Why are you looking for Jesus in a cemetery? And you and I, sometimes, we are blinded to the reality that Jesus is alive because we are looking for Jesus in all the wrong places, from the wrong sources. I mean, if you are a baseball fan, and you want to know about baseball, you don't talk to somebody that wears a blue cap. You talk to somebody that wears a red cap. If you want to find out about hockey today, you might consider the blues. Not as many hockey fans here today. But we look for Christ. So often through the cynical and the skeptical and the places that have become very hardened and harsh in people's lives. It's not that Jesus isn't there. It's just we need to consider the source. And so that, that second question that the angel puts to the, to the women is a good one too. Where he says, remember. Don't you remember? Don't you remember what he told you back in Galilee? Don't you remember that he told you that he's going to have to suffer? Don't you remember that he told you he was going to die? Don't you remember that he was going to be raised from the dead? You know, there's an important thing about recall and remembering. Remembering people in your life. Maybe years ago, maybe people fairly recent that walked the walk and talked the talk and spoke into your life. It's important to remember and to recall all the things that those people did and taught that reflected that Jesus is alive. It's important that we remember and to know and to embrace those things that maybe we've forgotten about. That's what the angels say to the women that day. And as the women come and they share the good news with the men, it is nonsense. But for Peter, he's wondering as he steps and looks into the tomb. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're wondering if this really could be true. If you are a believer, if you experience the risen Christ, if, if he's alive to you, I mean, if, if you have a conversation with him, it changes everything. But if you are not someone that has come to faith, not here to chide you, not here to ridicule you, but it, we just find that life really doesn't matter. 
We eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And eating and drinking and merry is, is a good thing. Jesus came eating and drinking and being happy. It's just that there is no lasting happiness. There's no way in which I can eat and celebrate food. I can drink and enjoy the fruit of the vine. I can sit down at parties time and time again over the years without this hope, without this presence, without this life of Jesus being in my life. C.S. Lewis said it so well years ago when he wrote, don't let, don't let your happiness depend on something you may lose. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because there is not, it's not there. There is no such thing. So Simon Peter would write years later that every one of us should give a reason for the hope that is within us with gentleness, with a sense of respect. This morning as I was thinking about this message, I came up with 10 reasons why I have faith in Christ. I've reduced it to three. You're welcome. But these three reasons to me are not peculiar to me, but are primary reasons why people can come to the reality that Christ is alive. The first reason that has been true in my life is genuine Christian community. I've been a part of different congregations over the years. I've been a part of 12 different churches I didn't leave those churches because I was mad at the preacher most times. It was because I was the preacher. <laughs> and I was moving on. But in my childhood, I was exposed to real people in a little country church. And people that I knew had faith in Christ. In the last 19 years, I've been a part of this faith community. This faith community where I've seen all kinds of reasons and faces of people who've been through it and have walked the walk and talked the talk. I'm a believer because I experience the reality that where two or three are gathered or two or three hundred, that Jesus shows up. I'm a part of a group, a band of people where there's just three of us where we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other and Jesus shows up. I've seen saints among us. I've seen people among us in this church that reflect the glory of God. And I can always focus on the hypocrite or the person that is less perfect like myself but there are indescribable, inexplicable people in my life that wherever I've been and wherever I've gone has reflected genuine Christian community. Christian community is found in the church. It's found when the scriptures are read and the word is taught and the sacraments are shared and the songs are sung. 
Christian community is also in the home. And I think that's why I've been a believer pretty much from day one. I grew up in a home where Christian community was there. It wasn't a perfect home, but my mother had real faith. My grandmother had a dynamic faith. And I cannot emphasize enough to those of you this morning who are young, who are parents. It's so vital to have Christian community in your home. I uh, get to hold my hour, 10-week-old granddaughter. And as I look into her eyes, I think this person is from God. Little wonder, Jesus said, don't you ever think about hurting a child. But what Jesus wants us to do, parents, is to create Christian community and to be the spiritual leaders of our homes. Christian community, through my household, as a child, through churches, and through bands of brothers, is real. Do not divorce yourself from it. Seek to improve it and build your life upon it. It's the women that came and said that to the men who then began to believe and began to share it with others. Another reason why I primarily find it astonishing and yet so easy to believe in the resurrection of Jesus is the witness of Scripture. I find it amazing the faithfulness and the consistency of this Scripture in terms of bearing witness to the living presence of Christ. Now, if you are a student of the Word, you realize that there's all kinds of different inconsistencies in the gospel accounts of how Jesus was raised from the dead in the sense of who was there. Some gospels say that there was one angel. Some gospels say there were two. Some gospels say there was just Mary Magdalene at the tomb. And others say there were two women. And some say there were many women. Some gospels talk about Peter going to the tomb alone. And some gospels say that John joined him. Some gospels talk about Jesus himself. The living Christ was around the tomb. And others make no mention of him. And yet time and time again in all the appearances of Scripture with 501 place, bearing witness that he was alive, I find it astonishing that non-collaborative witnesses all share the same headline, the same staggering news that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. And if this is true, nothing else begins to compare and if it isn't true, then we are futile and hopeless in this world. I find that the scriptures are faithful. And I find that God shows up in my life when I crack open the book 
and sit with it and read it. I know the statistics. I know the reality that most of us never read the scripture except in church and on rare occasions. And I am calling you to blow the dust off the book, get it off the shelf, and meet God in his word. Now there's a third reason why I believe that Jesus is the living Christ. It's through personal experiences with him. It's in knowing him. It's encountering him. It's in those special events, something more than just serendipitous moments. It's those moments in which, yeah, in the birth of our children, which God showed up in an amazing way, and somehow I enjoyed the birth of our children much more than my wife Susan did. But I've also seen God show up so often in the scene of death. I've been with people who are facing death, who are moments from death, who died, and there soon afterwards. And I have seen and I have heard them seeing angels and seeing Jesus and being in conversation where the veil between the spiritual world and the physical world has just kind of been lifted. That is a witness of the presence of the living Christ. And there's times in which you're at the end of your rope and this is nonsense and you wonder if you can carry on. And maybe that's where you are today. And 15 years ago, that was where I was. I was at the end of my rope. And I remember the place. And I remember myself kneeling. And I remember crying out to God. I remember the moment. And there was an infusion of love. And there was a presence that was given me. That changed me. And transformed me. And made me into the fullness of the reality of who I was called to be in Christ. And this was sheer gift. It was nothing I earned. It was nothing I deserved. And I'm still far short of the glory of God. But there are experiences, friends, where if you reach out to God, God will show up. And there's those little things, those little personal encounters as well, when God just winks at us or whispers at us. Last Monday, I was at the Brentwood Schweitzer Library, and I was working on this message, and a gentleman walked up to me, and he said to me, uh, are you affiliated with the church? I never know what, what to answer when someone asks me those kind of questions. <laughs> I said, yes, and I said briefly who I was, and he said, I don't know you, you don't know me, but God just laid it on my heart to speak to you. And I said, go ahead, buddy. And he went on to talk about what was going on in his family and the situation. And he said, well, you pray for me. Absolutely. <laughs> so we prayed together in the library. I just think it's so cool. The two guys that didn't know each other 
had Jesus in their life, and Jesus brought those two people together. Those are all kinds, are all kinds of intimate, personal encounters that you can know and experience when you're open to the presence of the living Christ. And there's the witness of the Spirit. As a child, I felt that witness. I felt that tug on my heart. I felt God saying to me, this is real. And I opened up my heart and my life to Christ. And I've had the witness of the Spirit ever since, where His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. And so it is the witness of the living presence of Christ in your life that confirms this. Maybe this morning you're wondering about all this, but you know a tug, you know a reality that Christ is calling you to open up your life to him. There's all kinds of reasons why I believe that Jesus is alive. Genuine Christian community, the witness of Scripture, and the personal encounters that I have with the living Christ is the good news that I share, that Jesus Christ is truly raised from the dead. This morning, um, wherever you are and whoever you are, I'm just glad you're here. I can visualize the women with joy in their faces. I can visualize the angels grinning when they say, why are you looking for Jesus among the dead? I can hear it in the lilt of their voices when they say to the guys, hey, he's really alive. And that good news is worth everything and is everything to us. Maybe you're wondering about this and yet you feel the tug of your heart and I would invite you just to let that tug grip you and that voice speak to you and you say yes to that say yes Jesus you are Lord and I believe in my heart that you are raised from the dead. I want you in my life, and I give myself to you. And if you're a witness, if you know this to be true, I want to encourage you to be daring, to be bold as a witness in this world. But as you're bold and you're daring, be gentle and kind. Always respectful of others for the reason, for the hope that is within you. As our team comes and leads us in some more worship, I want to invite you just to stand with me as we prepare for worship. And uh, let's say these words together as witnesses to the resurrection Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed.